Hi, I'm Lucas. And I'm Brian. And this is the Quacks Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. We have a special podcast today. We have a couple doctors down from a local health food store called Healthy Habit Health Foods. Uh, that's here in Arizona on 7th Street and Bethany Home. And we have a couple naturopaths here. And we're mostly going to be talking today to Dr. Aaron Anderson, along with the other doctor, Dr. Dehan. I'm, I'm not even going to try that one. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dr. Dehan. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, did I say it wrong again? Dayon. Dayon. Okay. Matijevich. 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 All right. Thank you. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about what it means to be a naturopath, what that's like, what they can do, because I don't think a lot of people know that there are these other doctors out there that uh, do some interesting stuff. So what school did you go to again? Yes. Um, hello. So we went to Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine, and that's in Tempe, Arizona. Oh, okay. And... There is about six or seven, at this point, accredited uh, naturopathic schools you can get a license from. And that's super important to distinguish because when you are choosing a doctor, any doctor, you want to make sure that their credentials are solid and that you... Totally. That they can present those credentials and, you know, that you know that they are, they've had the right training, right? So... Some naturopathic doctors don't go through all the right training. Okay. That's and interesting. so it's really interesting to do your homework on that. So we are licensed physicians in the state of Arizona. So we hold a medical license. Okay. So meaning we went to a five year accredited medical school. So Bef some before we jump into that, why did you go? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What what made you want to go into this? Absolutely. So well, and it's changed over time, but, and now I definitely see the incredible need that is here for, for naturopathic doctors. But even just eight years ago, I didn't even know that you could do this as a profession. Really? To be quite honest. Um, it took, I've always had a really deep interest in nutrition and helping people make better choices with what they eat. And that really is as, as far as I knew you could take it as far as helping somebody be really healthy um, is what they ate and how to help them. So basically being a, a nutritionist. So what, what did you do before you got right. into medical so school? So I got my undergraduate degree in nutrition sciences. So that's okay. my background. And I've always been, I was always that kid in school who loved to bake things, but I didn't want to bake it the way the recipe said. I wanted to change it and make it really healthy and take out almost all the sugar and add in some other alternative sugar and Improv. make it, you know, less flour and less oil, and but still make it taste really good. <laughs> right. Totally. So that was always me like altering all these recipes so that, you know, uh, it was healthier. Right. And I, um, I do have a background in dance. So I danced, um, I did ballet for, 29 years, thousand years, okay. many, many years. I don't even know how many years. Um, so I think part of that, I was always interested in what to eat because I okay. did, I did things that, you know, as far as exercise and training that I needed to be leaner. So I was always really interested in what can I eat that tastes good and that's healthy. So that really led me to discovering other ways to help myself with herbs and with 
other supplements. And so it kind of just cascaded from there. But it really started with the simple question, how can I help people make better choices, but still have them enjoy the food that they're eating? Okay. And you didn't you work at Whole Foods or something at some yep, point? I did work at I did work at Whole Foods. And even before that, I did spend one year in a hospital. And I will say... In a um, bed? In a, no, I should, yeah, I'm going to clarify that. Okay, Not yeah. as a patient. Okay. I, I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I just did, took a twist. I did work in a hospital for one year after I graduated from college. And that was, so that was, you know, I graduated from college eight or nine years ago. And spending that one year in that hospital really made me realize um, I saw a lot of the same patients come in a lot. They weren't really getting better, not to where I think they should have been as far as getting the ultimate care they needed. And um, I basically was doing dietitian intern work there. So I was helping people, um, you know, fulfill their protein needs and give them heart healthy lessons, which we know where that goes. We know where that leads down to, right? So it was a lot of lower your salt recommendations, things that... I just didn't really see a lot of, it wasn't really help benefit. It wasn't really helping them. They weren't getting better. They weren't really getting the tools they needed. And then when they left the hospital, they they didn't really know what to do still. Yeah. They just thought, so basically just to sum up, it's like you're a a ballerina doing ballet and you're like, man, I need to eat good foods and stuff. And you know, then you're working in this hospital and you're thinking, these people are really not being cared for that well. Totally. And then you're working at Whole Foods. Totally. And yep. You're in the vitamin department in yep. Whole Foods. Okay. Yep. And you know, so you're learning about all this stuff, mm-hmm. and you think, you know, I'm going to go to nat- naturopathic school. Yep. And so you sign up for the school was South. Yep. Southwest College of, of Naturopathic Medicine. And I actually decided that while I was at the hospital, and that's what made me start to go uh, do Google searching. Honestly, like, what what profession can I do that helps me to get people better. And I was like okay. literally typing in like, what can I do besides being a nutritionist? Because I knew that wasn't really what I wanted to do yeah. because that meant being in a hospital doing kind of what I was doing and not really getting the results that I wanted. Okay. So even back then when I worked in the hospital, I was searching like, how can I be a profession where I can help people? Yeah. Like I get truly. You. Right. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the more I searched, then that's when I saw, uh, you can become a naturopathic doctor and you can go and get, your five-year medical degree and you can actually get a license to practice this kind of medicine so then i was sold and i basically after that it took me like six months i moved to arizona started working at whole foods part-time while i was going to school okay and and so then you went to the naturopathic college and what is that program like so it's you said it's five years Yep, it's about five years so what, what kind of i mean Obviously, you know, we don't have to get into the really nitty gritty, but what's kind of like the summary of what that program would be like yeah. if someone else was interested? Right. It's it's four or five years, right? It depends how long it takes you to do it. But um, it's very intense program. And it is basically like going to conventional medical school, meaning you're going to get all of your anatomy, physiology, pharmacology, biochemistry, you know, all of those basic science, yeah. you're going to get all of those. Um, but then we learn our naturopathic modalities too. So we get tons of nutrition and we get training in herbs and homeopathy. And we know we learn how to diagnose people. 
So we learn okay. both sides of medicine and we have to take two sets of boards of national set boards to be able to get a license. So, um, I mean, we literally have very similar curriculums as far as the pharmacology side goes and the diagnosing, but then we have to know all of our naturopathic stuff as well. Okay. So it's very intense. Um, it's definitely not something I would go into on a whim. Yeah. So it's interesting. I, I've talked to several doctors, um, you know, especially with my involvement with the type one diabetic community and the program for doctors, regular doctors, allopathic doctors seems pretty nuts. It seems so stressful and intense that it's almost indoctrinating in some ways, you know, and they're, they're teaching you a new language like Latin. And so it, it's really like this super intense, uh, almost brainwashing in some ways, but it kind of gets them into the, you know, it teaches them how to think in a different way. And interestingly enough, a lot of doctors I've met get some kind of disease. You know, I've talked mm. to this lady who was in training. She got, you know, uh, RA. Uh, what is that? Uh, that doesn't mean you guys are going to get. No, you guys are fine. Right. No, what I'm saying is, you know, rheumatoid arthritis. What I'm saying is, is it that intense? Like, did you come out of this with an autoimmune condition? Or do you feel like it was like manageable? Or, you know, what is that level of difficulty there? That's such a good question. I think it's very different for different people and how you handle stress. I think how you handle stress is plays a major role in it because there's definitely a lot of tests. You have to be able to accept failure. You have to be able to get your ego hurt a little bit. You have to be able to be patient because they're testing you, right? So yeah. it, I wouldn't say it's... In, I know what you're talking about when you say that when doctors come out and... Um, you know, they almost are like indoctrinated. Yeah, their health falls apart. And and maybe that's also part of their uh, slave labor that they have four years of or whatever after they get out of school. Um, what is that called? Residency. So you guys don't have the slave residency. Labor. It is slave labor. It's like, hey, you're going to work for $10 an hour for the next, you know, four years. And, and Yeah. Residency for, at this point for naturopathic medicine is optional. Um, oh, okay. Just, there just isn't the funding yet. It just hasn't exploded yet as a field to provide even the funding for residencies. There are residencies though, but it's not required yet as a field. So it's optional right now for naturopaths. So we do the four years medical school, just like MDs and DOs, and then residencies optional. Okay. That's, that's kind of nice. Yes. Yeah. There literally just isn't enough to place us all in one. So that's the main issue. Once they find clinics that will can accept us and um, will take on a residency, then it'll probably be, where we all have to do them. But right now we don't have to, but I have several friends that have residencies and that are, that are doing it. Okay. Um, so you guys, so you, you you get trained, you get all this, uh, you know, biology, anatomy, then you also get the naturopathic stuff. So, uh, Chinese medicine, mm -hmm. homeopathy. Yep. What did you feel about the naturopathic side? Did you feel like that it was a really, uh, good education that you could really lean on and use? Do you feel like it was kind of spotty, you know? So I think as with any schooling, there's parts that are strong and parts that are not strong. Yeah. I would say overall, what we are exposed to is so needed in the medical field that I think it makes up for some of the weaker areas because there just are, especially with naturopathic schools, it is having almost a rebirth because naturopathy was very popular back in the like 1800s. 1800s. It kind of 
died off in like 1910. I'm pretty sure somewhere around there it started to take a dive. Somewhere, 1920, somewhere around, around where there. Where the AMA started yes. knuckling down yes. on, on so, all the other non-AMAs. Many of the schools, many of the schools died away, right? So, you know, a lot of these schools are rebirthing, right? So I think with anything, there is room for improvement. And I will say that the naturopathic schools are, especially uh, SCNM is very good about changing the curriculum and becoming very um, sticking to what we know works as far as natural medicine, but also changing with the medicine that's changing too, in a mm. way, right? So I think there's there was good and bad, but overall, I think we got a really well-rounded re- education. And before we even were allowed to graduate, we had to personally personally see over 400 patients personally. Like yeah. I had to have personal contact with treating about 400 patients, which is a good amount for, yeah, that's a good for amount. students, for student clinicians. What did, what did you feel was the most uh, useful thing you learned in the naturopathic side uh, that, that you feel like you use the most and that you lean on the most? I would say it's a cross between herbs and acupuncture. I've, so far, I've been the two most useful things. Obviously, nutrition is. That's just kind of foundational with what we do. Yeah. But as far as my takeaway with what has been helping my patients the most, it's it's probably been herbal medicine and acupuncture. Would you agree with that? This is just why it's so important to, before you start working with a naturopath, make sure that they're a licensed naturopathic physician because a lot of people complete a weekend course or a one-week course and they can say they're a naturopath. Where do I get this course uh, material? Yeah, literally. So we will meet later doctors. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they'll just do like a a brief, they'll get a certificate in naturopathy. And so that's why it's important to work with a licensed naturopathic medical physician. That's scary. Well, it yeah. is scary. It's the Wild West right now with this whole natural health movement. So you got to work with a naturopathic doctor who's actually licensed, who's done their board exams. I mean, we've had placements all across the valley. We've worked in women's shelters. We've done addiction. People worked in addiction centers. Uh, we've worked with children at elementary schools. We worked at our main campus at the school and at our medical center. We've done, yeah, yeah. you know, just it's important to keep that in mind. Okay, cool. So you uh, learn all this stuff that... One of the big themes of of the podcast is like experimentation. You know, mm-hmm. it's like trial and error, trying things over and over again. And so you you would kind of say that maybe the best area for that for you guys would be herbs and acupuncture. Maybe you could kind of go into that a little bit mm-hmm. on specifically on what you found within those. Yeah, I, I'd love to because I love I love herbs. And I hate when herbs get a bad rap because sometimes people will say, hey, these herbs don't work. And I, these herbs don't these work. Herbs don't these work. herbs don't <laughs> work. <laughs> That's a bad rap right people, there. <laughs> it's true. People say it. And part of the, I love that people have access to these kinds of supplements and herbs. I love that you can go and buy them. But unfortunately, when someone goes and buys them, they don't know the right dosing to take sometimes. And it makes a huge difference when you don't, when you actually take the right dose. So I love educating people on how to take the herb, when to take it. And then they start seeing actual benefit from it. So I'll give an example. Um, I was just uh, treating one of my patients. Uh, she has hot flashes. She's around 53 years old. And she was taking this over-the-counter hot flash medication. I'm not even sure which one it was, but it wasn't a 
it was just an over-the-counter thing. You can go to Walgreens. I looked at the yeah. ingredients and it just didn't look very promising. And she was getting no relief from it anyways. And uh, so we we dumped that. But I put her on a really solid herbal regimen of told her when to take it, how often to take it. I had her come back in a week because I like to follow up. Some things I have to keep a closer eye on, um, especially like with that, I want to make an adjustment. If it's not, if I'm not getting the results I want in a week, I want to sometimes adjust. So I had her come back in a week and she was having 20 hot flashes a day. Wow. And I, so and then What a week, was in that herb concoction? Yep. So... <laughs> I know. <laughs> One cup meth. <laughs> what? <laughs> not your herb concoctions, Brian. Hey, not, not Family yeah. secret. <laughs> yeah, so good question. So I did a combo of some maca and I mixed it with some liver support herbs. So like burdock, um, dandelion, artichoke, things like that for the liver. Gotcha. And then I gave her a little bit of Vitex and okay. some red clover. So I did things like it was, it's simple formula. And I was telling her when to take it. And all those herbs really help to support the estrogen. Cause that's really what's a lot of times lacking in menopausal women is the estrogen. So that's a one way to naturally, um, support those estrogen levels. Okay. So she was having about 20 hot flashes a day. And when I saw her a week later, she was down to maybe having like eight, well, which is a really big improvement. improvement. So she was really happy with that. Right. So that's a huge thing for someone that was having 20 in a day. And now she's only having about eight. Oh, and I, I did give her some, some uh, good old glutathione, which actually does, I've, didn't know it helped with hot flashes, but I was testing it out for other reasons for like liver help. And, and I was noticing it was helping women's hot flashes. That's great. So, so you, that was an IV of glutathione nope, or a pill? I did give it, I did give it orally. Oh, okay. And I have a feeling if giving it IV would also be a good idea, but I was doing it oral. So the combination of all those things I think helped. Um, but yeah, that was a great outcome. So I'm going to see her again in another couple of weeks and we'll see where her hot flashes are. That's awesome. So I know, speaking of IVs, I know you guys do IVs down mm -hmm. there. Can you tell us a little bit about what kind of IVs you do uh, in your practice? Yes, we do a couple different ones. We have Myers Cocktail, which Myers Cocktail, then that's the guy that created the combination. It's a magnesium, uh, vitamin C, it has some electrolytes. Am I missing anything? Oh, B vitamins. Yes. So it's like a little mixture of of supplements. It's kind of like a little like multivitamin. It's a little mini multivitamin. Yeah, in your IV. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and that's all mixed in a saline bag. So I would say how we've been using it so far in practice is we have a couple people with Crohn's and oh, some people that have uh, absorption issues and digestion issues and we've lab tested them and a lot of them have documented low B12. Um, and so I have a feeling if we were to dig a little deeper, we would find they have other vitamin deficiencies as well if they have low B12. Um, so we've been doing the Myers cocktail for that. And then most people do it if they feel like they're about to get sick. If they're getting a little under the weather, then they'll come in and get one. It's a nice little dose of vitamin C. And then a nice saline bag helps if you're feeling... Um, like you haven't been drinking enough water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Okay, so the Myers cocktail. Myers you said, cocktail. A couple other ones. Yep, we do. Um, with a twist of lime. With the, <laughs> we do vitamin C IVs. So the vitamin C is good also for to help 
with immunity issues. Um, people have been using it to treat cancer. Um, that's not something that, you know, we can do that, but we would probably, probably refer you to a naturopathic oncologist, which that's actually the oh. next level. If you want to see only cancer, you actually have to, um, as a, as an ND, you have to go to extra training so, and you get an okay. extra certification to become a FABNO. And that just means that you can treat cancer yeah. as a doctor. Unless, unless you get cleared by their oncologist, like today I, I'm considering adding in high dose vitamin C IVs to a patient who's dealing okay. with lung cancer. This oh. gentleman's almost 70 years old. He has case of stage four lung cancer and we're considering doing these vitamin C IVs for him. But before we could do that, we got to get certain labs ordered to make sure that he's cleared to do the therapy and his, uh, <clears throat> his oncologist has to sign off on it. Has to just be like, yep, sure, go ahead. The primary oncologist that he's already working with has to be like, yeah, go ahead. Would there be a reason why he wouldn't sign off on that? I mean, it's vitamin C. Well, yeah, true. So, but that's not our, at the end of the day, that's not our call to make because they're the, you know, they're the oncologist that's trained in that area of that type of cancer. So we do have to defer to their judgment in that case. And if they okay. said no, then we can't do it. Right. And yeah, and, and he is managing their care and we would be secondarily managing their care. Right. So we do have to defer to their better judgment for that cancer because we're not highly trained in cancer. We are highly trained in preventative medicine and primary care medicine, but that doesn't really fall under cancer. Right. Yeah, it's not so, like a specialization, which exactly. oncology would be. Exactly. So now if we wanted to go get that, like I said, there's actual uh, doctors that do that for our profession, but we're not trained in that. But um, we can offer supplemental care for people, especially if their oncologist signs off on it, totally fine. And those therapies, they, they definitely, from what we've been, from pa what patients say is that they lessen the side effects of the chemo. They make them feel less nauseous and they have more energy. And that's really important for people that are going through cancer. So, um, but yeah, that is one IV that we offer. Um, so that's a high dose vitamin C IV. Uh, today we also did a, an amino acid bag. Oh, interesting. Yep, proteins. We did, yep. For we did. So it was a full blend of the amino acids. So we did one of those today. We can offer glutathione pushes like you mentioned earlier. And we are thinking about adding on hydrogen peroxide IVs. Okay. That's a, what, not, would the, what would the amino acids, what would they be used for? Like who, what, what kind of person would want that kind of yep, IV? A couple different types of person, people that might want to use persons. Persons, <laughs> That's a word? <laughs> so a couple different kinds of people. So people with mood disorders have found benefit from them. And people that have addiction issues. And that was actually one of the main therapies we did at the addiction clinic um, down in Central Phoenix. Uh, we mainly did, did amino acid bags. And it just helps to come off of certain types of drugs more uh, with less side effects. So that was just one of the main therapies we were doing for that. So I would say people with addictions, mood disorders, that's mainly what we're using it for right now. That's really interesting. I've actually never even heard of that. Like, mm -hmm. you know, or people that are dealing with even uh, anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, like oh. these eating disorders, they're under eating. They're not even just getting, they're not getting their nutrients for the day. So you give them an amino acid bag to help 
replenish those nutrients that they're missing from the diet. Like a calorie-free bag of nutrients. Yeah, and wow. especially when you're dealing with people with addictions, again, we see people that have bad absorption issues because many of them, either from alcohol or from drugs, their GI system just isn't absorbing the nutrients as it should be from many years of lacking in those nutrients. And many of those drugs... Um, will deplete you in those. So they. So that's one of the reasons why the amino acid bag has been very helpful. Okay, cool. So you said uh, you might have a story or two you wanted to tell that uh, you found while you were treating people. What? Uh, sure. What's going on? Yep. Yeah, we have. We've been really blessed. We've only had this clinic open officially for about seven weeks now, and we have been incredibly busy and. It's just been really amazing. So we we have definitely a lot of patients that we could talk about. Um, I did pick one that's kind of interesting. It's definitely something that maybe we could follow up on, and maybe you could that get would be like awesome. a because it's like in the works, right? Yeah, it's get not, a three month, you know. Yeah, because it's not technically we haven't done too much yet, but I have a feeling good things are going to happen. Um, but I am treating a. It's just as interesting to me because I also do love treating uh, obese people, so helping with weight loss so important. So uh, I do have a 58-year-old female that came to me with a primary um, chief complaint of weight loss. That was her main, that is her main goal, and she wants to lose about 100 pounds with working with me. That's her goal that she set, which I think is very attainable, and we we have a whole timeline of how we're going to do it, but it's going to be complicated because if I think in the, some past shows, you guys have talked about intermittent fasting, and I'm sure the people on the show probably are up to speed on that, so I don't have to go too. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, we, I don't know I if we have actually, one here. <laughs> I think we talked about it one time on a warm-up, but I didn't put it into the show. Oh, okay. So, I, no, I don't think so. I talked about it one time. Yeah, you did. You did oh, talk about yeah. <laughs> it. Okay. My yeah. feelings aren't heard about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. you know, it's only the best, I got to put it. No, no offense. <laughs> so... Okay, well, I, I guess I thought you guys had talked about it more. But we, we've talked about you, it a little bit. Okay. We probably mentioned it here or there. But so you're saying you're getting her on an intermittent fasting. Yes, that's, and that's the first thing I'm going to do with her because, so I'll preface this, she's about 350 pounds, so we have a lot of weight to lose. And, and she's seven foot three? She is about 5'8". Okay. She's about 5'8". Yeah. So... You know, she's very motivated. She's in the right spot to make a change. And that's the first step is, is the patient in the right mindset to make the change? And she is. So I don't want to, I didn't want to change too much about what she's eating because she's used to eating foods and foods are very addicting. And if you take away people's foods too quickly. You can make them cranky for sure. Yes. And yeah, the, compliance, all at once. the compliance tends to go down. When you just start taking away major food groups from people. Okay. Um, I've even had, I've even done that before thinking it was in the best interest of them and they didn't come back to me because if you do Ah. too much at one time, the patient gets overwhelmed and they get, you know, they get, they don't want to make changes. And I, and I agree. I mean, to, to a certain extent, food is kind of personal for everybody, right? Yes. So... The only thing I really changed in the first couple of weeks is just the time frame that she was eating. Okay. And I thought that was a good way to introduce it to her so that we can just start 
making small changes. And then if she even sees a couple pounds come off from that, then she will be more motivated to do other things. Yeah. And so any, uh, any other herbs or anything else you're adding to her protocol? So or? eventually I will get there with her. Yes. Cause I do think just IF for now, she's going to need some more support and we're going to have to change it up as we go because we know yeah. that the metabolism it, we we need to keep it. We need to keep surprising the body to keep weight coming off. Is there any physical activity that somebody can safely do at that weight um, where they're not going to hurt themselves? Yep. Or? Yeah, I swimming. Swimming is oh, yeah, one, one thing that I told her, and she used to do it, and she stopped doing it. So that's one thing I told her we need to start that again. That's something that you know she has a pool in her backyard. She loves to swim with her dog. Start doing that again, right? So any kind of activity in the pool that that, you, that she can do. And she has uh, really bad knees, which are, she's in a lot of pain really all over. So it's hard to do exercise, right? So we really need, we do need to get some of this weight off first. But really, I only changed the time frame that she's eating for now. Um, and I tried to, to do, I tried to really hold back because I don't, I didn't want to introduce too many things at one time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause this totally. is going to take a while. And I thought, you know what, let me, and I'm always tempted, right. Cause we have so many things we can do for people to help them. Yeah. <laughs> so I always, I'm like, Oh, we need to rein it back in because not everybody's ready to make all those changes. Right. Of so, course. You know, you want to be like, all right, you're going to do this and then you're going to get a little sun and then you're going to eat some goji berries at this time. Right. And then, yeah. Because you read all these studies and you want to give them everything all at once. You get and so excited about it. Right. I know. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, but then you. just not everyone's ready to do that. So for now, we're just doing, just the, doing a couple things. Yep. That's like me as a conspiracy theorist. I, I, I start them with the JFK stuff. <laughs> the J- <laughs> <laughs> then we go deep. That's for another podcast. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so one question uh, I forgot to ask you earlier is what can naturopaths do? Can they prescribe yeah, all the good, drugs? Yeah, can they question. prescribe just a few of the drugs? Yep. We can prescribe drugs and that's very unique to Arizona from what the state of Arizona will let us do. Not every state oh. will let naturopathic doctors do that, but Arizona is one of the states that lets us do that. So, which is why we get all the extra pharmacology so that we have to know all the drugs so we can prescribe drugs. We cannot prescribe controlled substances. So things like Adderall, those types of controlled substances we cannot prescribe. So all the quote unquote good stuff like amphetamines, right. oxy. Right. Can't prescribe just, it. Yeah. No yep. way. Nope. All right. Can't do it. Gotcha. Yep. Oh, that's probably good. Yeah. I mean. So, but everything else we can. So all of your other basic drugs, we can... Antibiotics. Yep. How about hormones, yep. like uh, testosterone gels or yes. stuff like that? Yep. Okay. Yep. We can do all that. Just nothing controlled. Gotcha. Yep. Even though testosterone is controlled, but they that's not a... It's, you know, there's the different schedules. Yes. So testosterone is not one of those upper schedule drugs that is tightly controlled. Gotcha. So we can prescribe that one. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yes, but not every state's like that. So I think um, Arizona, Washington, maybe Oregon, they have prescribing rights as uh, naturopathic doctors. Wow. And that is really interesting because I know Arizona is like a hotbed of natural health stuff. Yes. And that's probably part of the reason why right there is probably practitioners are drawn here uh, for the extra things that they can do. Yes. We contemplated leaving after medical school to because i'm originally from texas so i kind of thought oh i'll go back practice there but we really realized it would be much harder to practice in a state that's not so accustomed to what we do already 
Um, yeah. You know, our state's already very open and accepting and welcoming to what we do. And okay. Texas is not so much. It's still very conventional medicine minded. And so it would be much harder to practice. And now looking back, I'm so glad I didn't move because we can do everything here. So it would have been a disadvantage. Yeah. Arizona has the widest scope practice. Like we're even allowed to do acupuncture here. Like if we were oh. to go to California or Colorado or anywhere else in the country, we'd have to get our LAC license of acupuncture if we wanted to actually do acupuncture in addition to practice naturopathic medicine. But in Arizona, it was part of our school. It was part of our curriculum in, in, uh, at SCNM. So, uh, and we're allowed to just, we're allowed to do acupuncture here. It's under the scope of practice in Arizona. So it's pretty wow. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That we is both great. love acupuncture. So, I mean, acupuncture has been used for 3000 years, so it's, you can use it for anything. It's yeah. It's an amazing tool. It is. I, I had an old mentor who was into traditional Chinese medicine and what he said about acupuncture, I thought was really interesting is he said, basically acupuncture was kind of like the medicine of the masses. So if you were like a rich person or whatever, then you would have somebody who actually came and worked on you like with their hands, like, and, and like got your meridians, you know, working well, but acupuncture was the quick way to do it. It was like, Oh, you just poke you here, here, here. And it, it, does the little thing and you're good to go. And I always thought that was really interesting. Is, is What do you guys think of that? Is that true or? What you just said is really true. And um, and actually, Dayon treats a lot of patients with acupuncture, especially with pain. Um, oh, he gets okay. a lot of good pain relief from acupuncture. But what you just said is pretty much true because we do have those meridians that run from the top of our head out to the bottom of our feet. And one of the reasons why they think pain happens and why we experience pain according to Chinese medicine is that the meridians get stagnated Ah. and how they get stagnated is either by stress or car accidents or emotional trauma, physical trauma, all the things we experience throughout life can stagnate the meridians, right? And so by inserting needles into certain already predetermined points, it helps to recirculate the energy and help basically I call them highways running up and down. It makes the highway run better, which then takes away the pain, gives us more energy or whatever we're trying to treat. Right. So by putting them in certain spots, it helps to open up that highway again, which is kind of what you were just saying as far as getting the meridian to function better, because that's what Mm -hmm. it's doing anyways. But by different life events, let's say shoulder pain, Shoulder pain, they believe, really is just a stagnation of those meridians that all run right there. So by helping the local points for the, at the shoulder, but then also the foot points and the hand points, because we need we need the meridian to operate from top to bottom, right? So it's really interesting. It was one of my favorite modalities to learn because it's so different than conventional medicine how they treat things and look at everything is very different but yet they get results so it's just really cool it is really interesting because you know i know conventional medicine it kind of started when we we started opening up cadavers you know when we started looking at bodies and opening things up and then we got these very like mechanistic theories of, of blood pressure and all these things but back in the day when they were developing chinese medicine sometimes they they couldn't open up people 
for whatever reason, religious reasons or cultural reasons. And so they'd just look at you and they'd kind of be like, well, you know, this guy is having pain here and his cheeks are really flushed. And, and so they had like, you know, associations of emotions with different diseases. And it was like this really holistic way of, of looking at medicine. And it got some things really right, yes. you know, by just yeah. the observation over thousands of years um, that, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And they've even shown, because you're right, because they didn't really have the same luxury of opening up the bodies and looking, but but yet they still came to some of the same conclusions. Yeah. Right. So that's how you know something about something about it is working because they, you know, they weren't some of the same things as far as like looking at like liver disease, let's say, but it, they came really close without actually having looked in there. So how they were doing it using, you know, emotions, the way the face looks, the tongue, the pulses, like it all somehow still it kind of got there yeah no it's true it's really cool yeah if it was ineffective it would have went away a long time ago i mean it's made it with us to 2019 and we're doing it here in the west usa and canada and trying to they haven't completely stopped it yet (laughs) yeah i mean we are energetic beings i mean we have energy flowing through our body and that's what acupuncture works on it works on that energetic meridians through the body because we are electrical energetic beings, right? So, yeah. So that that's kind of all the questions I have. Is there anything else you want to talk about that maybe I didn't cover that I don't know to cover or Well, yeah, and and really it's why you should come see us, you know, and I think it's so important to that everybody understands that you should go get a second opinion on, you know, we all need that second opinion and just because one doctor says one thing, well, they might be right or they might not be, but you deserve that second opinion and you you need somebody else looking out for you, you know, as a as a whole person. We have a lot of specialists out there, which th- there's a place for specialists always, but we don't really have someone looking at your whole body. And that's really where we come in is we can look at the whole person and treat everything. Is everything functioning the way that it should? And you're not just going to, you know, your ear, nose, and throat doctor, right? Who's only really looking at this piece, right? So really we're looking at the whole body. And I think it's just really important to always ask questions and to get that second opinion. Okay. And if people want to come in and see you, what do they do? Yep. So if you if you're in the Phoenix area, um, you can call this number six zero two two five two six thousand, or you can go to the website hhhfoods.com, and under the medical center tab, there'll be more information there on how to find us. But yep, you can just give us a call and you can schedule an appointment if you would like. We do fifteen minute free consultations. Oh, nice. With anybody. And that's a great opportunity to get to know each other and to see if we can help because I like to be really honest with people. And I like to be able to tell them, yes, I think I can help with this or no, I think maybe somebody else might be a better fit or maybe I have another referral for you. So I like to be really honest with people and let them know like, yes, I think I can help or no. And then also point them in the right direction too. And when you, if you choose to work with a naturopathic doctor, you know, that first visit is going to last anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours because that first visit, we're really trying to get to know who you are. We'll go through the past medical history. We look at medications, supplements. We go through that whole, it can easily go to two hours. Uh, they often do. So, 
Yeah, that's awesome. And and what we're doing is we're looking for the root cause instead of continuing to suppress these symptoms with a pill or even an herb. It's There's something called green allopathy or allopathy, however you like to pronounce that word, where it's just, yeah, you're a natural health doctor, but you're prescribing an herb just to suppress the headache. It's the same idea as what they're doing with the pharmaceuticals. And we try to not do that. We try to find out why the headache is there. Yeah, we might give you something temporarily for to help reduce the migraines or the headache or the abdominal pain. But at the end of the day, we're trying to figure out why this keeps happening and then prescribe herbs or do the acupuncture, do the, correct the diet or, you know, yeah. do things for that. Cool. Well, that is so awesome. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. That was Dr. Aaron Anderson. She's a naturopathic doctor and Dr. Dehan last name. He's a naturopathic. <laughs> yeah, that one's tough. Uh, he's another naturopathic doctor and I hopefully we'll have him on another show and we'll dive deep into something uh, just to get a little bit more uh, in the woods on on some interesting topic. So thank mm-hmm. you so much for yes, being here. Yes, thank you for having me. I love it. I love talking about this stuff. Yep. And if you're interested in seeing them, Healthy Habit Health Foods, 602-252-6000 or their website, hhhfoods.com. Foods.com. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Be well. Bye.